When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Athletic. The only way to score is, of course, to play uh, with a hand break off. Hello, I'm Ian Stone. This is Handbrake Off, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic. It's Thursday. We're going to look ahead to West Ham on Sunday. Uh, I'm joined by James McNicholas and Art de Roche. Morning. Morning. Morning, Ian. Morning. Before we start, right, we had a little chat on Monday about the uh, celebration police. James, I know you've got quite strong views <laughs> about this, and we'll get to them. Art, anything to add to the celebration police chat we had the other day? I mean, I, the general vibe just if you didn't hear it, was just leave us alone. Life is shit enough, right, without yeah. you stopping us celebrating when we win football matches, particularly big football matches. That was the generally held view. Yeah. Anything to add to that? Not too much other than the fact that this has actually been going on for a couple of years now. It's getting a bit boring. Um, but is it us? Is it us that they're going on about? Because I saw a little montage of Roberto De Zerbi running on the pitch and celebrating with the Brighton fans. And obviously we've seen Jurgen Klopp doing it. We've seen Mourinho knee sliding down a touchline mm. years ago. Uh, it, it just feels like we're getting it a bit more. Yeah, it does feel that way. But being totally honest, I'm starting to tune out of that whole discussion anyway. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not too concerned about it anymore just because I don't think it matters that much. I, you know what? He makes a fair point. Uh, James, can I just introduce our special guest, Chris Sutton, now? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who doesn't understand that, well, look at the internet. It's all out there. Uh, James, we know your views. I mean, and, and we've spoken about them on this podcast. It is basically fair. Just, just let us be. Let us enjoy our football, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. You know, if there's any joy in the world, I just think that's a that's a great thing. Yes. Why trample on yes. it, you know? Yes, I think that's fair enough. Uh, I mean, having said this, right, if Martin Erdegaard was to score on Sunday, uh, how should he celebrate? James, obviously, it was a whole thing about the uh, taking photos. And by the way, Arsenal, yeah. uh, are on the official Arsenal website this morning, there's a, a monta- 31 pictures <laughs> of Arsenal players down the years taking photos from the 1930s to the present day. So it's not like a, a new thing. And I'm glad the club have done it because they obviously read this stuff as well and think, oh, stop it. So how how should Martin Odegaard celebrate if he scores on Sunday? Uh, yeah, you're right about that piece on the site. He's just honouring a club tradition. And as club captain, I think that's appropriate. <laughs> but how should he celebrate? Straight down the tunnel. That's what they wanted, isn't it? That's what Jamie Carragher asked for. Straight down the tunnel. Even if there's still time left in the game. Oh, yeah. No, just run off down the tunnel as soon as he's put it in the back of the net. Almost certainly you'll get a yellow card for it, but it'd be very funny. Yeah, I think uh, it would be funny and also slightly weird as well. Where's he going? <laughs> What's up? Oh, well, uh, what about you, Art? What do you think? Celebration for Martin Erdegaard if he scores on Sunday? My thoughts went a similar way at first. I just thought, show absolutely no emotion, just go straight back to the, to 
the halfway line and restart. But then I remembered his celebration after scoring against Everton last season where he did this weird dance and I we haven't seen it since and I want to see it again. So I'd say that one. You're nodding, James. I'm never keen on dances after... Uh... <laughs> After a uh, uh, goal score, in the same way, I, that thing when they put their thumb in their mouth because they've just had a, you know, the missus just had a baby. I said, <laughs> mm. Stop it. It's ridiculous. Shake hands, go back to the centre circle, get on with it. I think that seems to be the general feeling. I think you should jump in the crowd and crowd surf for about <laughs> 10 minutes. Uh, anyway, while we're talking about Marno Odegaard, you know he's created more chances from open play than any other player in Europe's top five leagues this season. So, uh, uh, however he celebrates, it hasn't affected his football that much, Mr Carragher and whoever else is complaining about it. 43 chances. Uh, before we get into uh, today, we've had some correspondence from John Sills to Jay's written to Jay. Hello, Jay. I'm attempting to find 22 childhood pen pals from around the world. He said he wrote to the Arsenal magazine to list his details in their pen pal section. Anyone under 40, by the way, a pen pal <laughs> was like you'd, you'd write to someone and they'd write back to you by mail. Yeah, <laughs> I feel I'm making it more difficult oh, coming up with all these different concepts that no longer or will soon no longer exist. Anyway, as the magazine made its way around the world, I received 22 replies. Isn't that cool? All 22 got back to him from Germany, oh, yeah. Ghana, Antwerp and Zimbabwe. Anyway... He essentially said he didn't reply to any of them. I mean, that is ridiculous, isn't it, after all that? Uh, anyway, in 2022, his mum passed away and he found all 22 letters in the loft. And the guilt took hold and I thought, what if I tried to track them all down? So that's what I'm doing. Armed with only their names and addresses from 25 years ago, I'm trying to find these shamefully spurned supporters. And he's up to six so far, including two Ghanaians and a chap in Zimbabwe. I actually met Kwaku from Ghana. He came to England and I got him a ticket for Arsenal v Spurs, his first ever Arsenal match. It feels like a real-life Panini sticker album challenge. Any help will be much appreciated. Come on, you Gunners. John. Uh, thanks for writing in, John. Best of luck. The full list of names that John is looking for, you can head over to his website, John J. Sills, S-I-L-L. S.com, where you can find an Overland and Sea page. And we'll put the link in today's episode uh, description. I mean, we talk about a Guna family, don't we, James? There is something in there, although obviously he shamefully ignored his family for quite some time, isn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. But he's trying to reconnect with them now. And it's pretty amazing. I think he's already tracked down half a dozen of them. Best of luck with it, John. It sounds like uh, quite the endeavour, but hopefully we can help you find a few more. Listen, if anyone's listening out there going, John Sills, he ignored me. I'm never, I'm never speaking to him again. Maybe step back from that rage that you felt for years for John never getting older. here. Anyway, forget. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're all Arsenal. We're all Arsenal, right? Uh, West Ham away on Sunday. Like last season, it's after playing Liverpool. This uh, Last season was after playing Liverpool away when we gave away a two-goal lead. And that's what we did at West Ham as well last season. Do you know, by the way, our, Jay, our producer, had written, we all know what happened last year. <laughs> I'd forgotten what happened I, last year. I'd, I had to remember as well. I had to rack my I had, brains. I had to look it up because I thought I must have... Just just chopped that one out of my head. I thought, I can't <laughs> think about that again. Yeah, we were 2-0 up and cruising like it was some sort of training mm. ground game. And then Thomas Partey made a mistake, didn't he? He got caught in possession. They scored and then it all went a bit weird. And then Bukayo missed a penalty, didn't he? Yeah. That, sorry, that's just come back to me as well. <laughs> I mean, Sunday is a test of how far we've come, isn't it, really? Especially after getting the result against Liverpool. 
if the, the margins feel so tight now. We have to get a win there, don't we? Yeah, I think the, the result against Liverpool is nice, but you always have to back it up um, the week after. So that's what this is now. What I kind of find interesting is not just Liverpool, but also finally getting a win away at Nottingham Forest as well. It's yeah. kind of checking off the list from last year where you dropped points actually picking them up this term. So hopefully that trend can continue at West Ham, especially considering <laughs> Arsenal have lost to them twice already this season. So hopefully the momentum that has been built over the last, I think it's three games, three league games um, this calendar year, can um, continue into Sunday as well. James, last season is coming back to me now. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen such a one-sided first 30 minutes in my life. I mean, in a Premier League game, they couldn't get near us. They could not get near us. And then suddenly we ended up drawing two all. And then we got we got really quite badly beaten in the League Cup this year. Not an easy ground for us. No. And actually, our last three games against West Ham have got quite painful memories for me because obviously there's... There's the league game last season we're talking about with Saka's missed penalty and then pegging us back to two all. The League Cup game, which was not pleasant either. Declan Rice, not an ideal return to that stadium for him. And then the home game against them where, you know, again, we were dominant but managed to lose. So they've been, you know, historically Arsenal have a really good record against West Ham, but just of late, it's been a little bit trickier. So I'd love to put that right this weekend. And I think we need to. Liverpool and City both have quite winnable looking home games, you would say. So I think it's really important that we kind of build on on what we did uh, against Jurgen Klopp's team. And um, you correctly predicted in the Liverpool preview that it, that would be a game for Jorginho. He played brilliantly against yeah. Liverpool. Would he stay in the side for West Ham? Or, is it, or, or are West Ham too small an opponent for Jorginho. He tends to play in the massive, massive games. But they all are now. Would you have him in the team? That's a really good question, you know, actually. and I don't think it's straightforward. And I'm a big advocate for Jorginho, as, as you know, and said I thought he should play against Liverpool. But that is a, a different game. And West Ham, thinking about our previous encounters against them, you know, they have tended to sit in a bit deeper and look to hit us on the break. Maybe a, a Smith Rowe or a Havertz might be the right choice. You know, you think about the Nottingham Forest game and, and Smith Rowe played and, and did well. So I wouldn't say it's a given that Jorginho will play this one. What do you think, Art? Yeah, I, I'm kind of of a similar train of thought where I, I coming into Liverpool, I wasn't really sure who was going to start just because, as you mentioned, he Arteta has gone with a very kind of specific attack or plan of attack for those big games with Declan Rice and Jorginho in midfield, almost just helping suffocate teams with Havertz up top. But for these games, and I'm not saying West Ham are small, but you'd expect Arsenal to have more of the ball. I'd like to see someone who can actually run with the ball <laughs> a bit more. So I, I'd be tempted to go with Smith Rowe just because you gave him a chance against Nottingham Forest. He did fairly well. Not amazing, but fairly well. It'd be nice if he actually got a run of games um, to maybe show what he can do on a more consistent basis. But I'd say either him or, or Havertz would, would make sense. 
It is, you know, it is a difficult one. When I now I really start thinking about it because, I mean, he was man of the match. I felt against Liverpool, he played absolutely brilliantly. But it wasn't just his defensive and calming qualities. He played some really incisive through balls as well. I'm not sure the the other players we're talking about can do what he can do. Yeah. I- and also, I mean, one of the other options in midfield would be Havertz. Is that really an option? Because is Gabriel Jesus going to be available? Do you need Havertz up top? I think the availability of Zinchenko affects the decision as well. Yes. I think if you don't have Zinchenko, then maybe Jorginho's passing from deep has a greater value in the build-up of the team. So I almost feel like, you know, the fitness decisions on several other players might inform what Arteta does with the midfield. But I guess it's nice for him to have options. And I'm assuming we're going to extend his contract, Art, uh, Jorginho. I mean, he. I mean, if you had to pick one between Thomas Partey and him at the moment, mm. you'd pick him, wouldn't you? Yeah, if he's willing, I guess. <laughs> that's the big question. I, I don't think anyone at Arsenal would be having any second thoughts about extending. He's really exceeded expectations in his first year. It's about game time, isn't it, for him? Yeah, and I guess also just... How big a role does he feel he's actually having now as well? Because, as we said, he's not playing that often, but when he does play, he does extremely well. The other interesting one is Gabriel Martinelli or Leandro Trossard. Art, you wrote a piece last week asking whether Mikel should pick one or the other. They both scored against Liverpool. Who are you starting on Sunday? Uh, Martinelli. I I feel like what's working in his favour is Arsenal moving the ball much more quickly in the past few weeks than they were in the first half of the season. So hopefully that should um, lead to him getting a bit more space and time um, in the final third. But that's not to, I guess, slight Trossard. Obviously he came on and scored against Liverpool and scored against Palace when he started. And calmed everything down against Nottingham Forest at 2-1 as well. Yeah, exactly. So I think also he's actually ranked third all-time Premier League for Arsenal in terms of goal involvements per 90 minutes. Leo Trossard. Trossard. Every, I think every 99 minutes he's involved in a goal. Wow. That's a great stat. That's a great stat. Adrian, I'll tell Adrian because he'll love a stat like that. It's absolutely cool. brilliant. I don't know, James. I mean, I would, I mean, I'd go with Art's suggestion, start Gabriel Martinelli, but it's but what a great sub to, to have Leo Trossard to come on if we need him. Yeah, and not all players are able to do that, you know, to immediately take the temperature of a game and find a way into it. And I think more often than not, he does. He's so productive in the final third. I think he's one of the better finishers at the club like if I was having a chance drop to somebody in this team he'd be really high on that list for me on either foot actually on either foot yeah yeah but I do think Martinelli unlocks something else in the team and Art wrote a good piece actually that's on The Athletic today about David Rye's distribution improving of late and Arsenal launching more kind of quick counter-attacks and I think Martinelli's the key for that and always has been you know even when it was Aaron Ramsdale in goal whenever the goalkeeper looks up the guy who's herring into the distance (laughs) is Martinelli Uh, and I think you know I'm pleased that Arsenal are are bringing that into their game because we've seen how difficult it is for them when they're playing against these deep blocks when defences are set we need to try and transition quickly so we can attack into space. And, and there's no one really better at that than Martinelli. No. And uh, before we take a break, a word for Declan Rice. 
as well. Also a stunning performance against Liverpool, James, but he's not had a good time against West Ham uh, this season. So um, we're looking for a winning goal and maybe kiss the badge <laughs> or something like that in, in front of uh, <laughs> the fans who used to adore him. Yeah, well, he got booed, didn't he, in the Carabao game? I he think, was getting he came some on. stick, actually. He was yeah, quite and I'm sure stick. it'll be the same this weekend. I mean, West Ham fans didn't want him to go to Arsenal because it's a London club. They all wanted him to go to City and, you know, win a load of silverware at a club where, you know, it didn't really bother them. But him staying in London, I think, upset West Ham. So, yeah, I'm sure he'll get plenty of stick and let's hope he responds to it in the right way. It's a a big game for him. He'll be playing from the start, you'd imagine. Obviously came on as a sub in the Carabao game and he'll be desperate to get that first win against his former team. This is Handbrake Off, the Arsenal podcast, brought to you by The Athletic. They get a Handbrake Off and you can see that they are more free to play. Ian Stone, Art De Roche, and James McNicholas here on The Athletic's Arsenal podcast, Handbrake Off. And what do you want to achieve at Arsenal? <laughs> Everything. Well, is Tommy going to get there? Yes, is the answer. He emphatically shut the door. It's a place that I think everybody loves in there. It's always the first, it's always the last. You tell him to do something and he will give his life for it. It's All the boys, we love Tommy Yasu, he's such a great guy, so we're happy for him. Takahiro Tomiyasu should be back in the squad on Sunday after Japan were eliminated from the Asia Cup. We saw oh, how much danger Kudus causes other teams and he gave Zinchenko a hard time. Is Tommy going to start? I mean, obviously, we don't know about Zinchenko's fitness. He came off at half-time in the game against Liverpool. Yeah, to be fair to Zinchenko, actually, I thought he did very well defensively in the first half against Liverpool. But if he's not fit, you'd hope that um, Tommy Asu is available and ready because he is just such a, a more natural defender, whether it is off the left or the right side. I remember in his first season in the game against West Ham at the London Stadium, he was ridiculous, really, because the way he uses his body is quite different to the other fullbacks, I feel. He he, is, he actually uses it to get in between man and ball rather than backing off and backing off and backing off. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to see him if he is fit and ready to start. Obviously, played, I think, most of the games for Japan in the Asian Cup. But yeah, now hopefully back for Arsenal, which I think could be a real game changer going into the rest of the season. I mean, James, last year, we lost William Saliba for the last, whatever it was, seven, eight games. And that seemed to take a lot of the attention. But losing Tommy was also a massive blow, wasn't it? Yeah, it compounded it, didn't it? It was both at the same time. And actually losing him when we did, you know, just before Christmas was a blow as well. He he'd kind of played his way into the team at that point in time. You usually forget now, but he was in really terrific form. So I have to confess, I didn't see much of him uh, at the Asia Cup. I hope he's coming back in a similar vein of form because 
he was really performing well, particularly, um, well, to be honest, in either fullback positions, I was going to say, particularly at right back, but he, he was as good on the left as well. Well, he can, I, play, I he can play all four, can't he? He can play all yeah, four defensive He can play positions. anywhere. And that's yeah. so valuable, makes him so useful. But uh, I think he would be a good player to start this game. If he's ready, I'd like to see him. And Art, you recently reported uh, Tommy's close to agreeing a new deal at the club, and that is excellent news, I feel. Uh, in a similar position, uh, Urian Timber has been added to the Champions League squad. Now, <laughs> I don't want to get into all the speculation at this point about when's he going to be back, because I I have no idea when he's going to be back. I'd like it to be March. <laughs> Uh, I'd like it to be February, but I, 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 you know, let's just let's be realistic. I'd like it to be March, but obviously there must be uh, some expectation from the hierarchy that um, he could help us in the Champions League quarterfinal onwards. Yeah, I've heard a few different things. I'm sure James has as well, which makes speculating a bit. I guess, worthless at the minute. Well, what um, have you heard? Oh, in, what have you heard? I, I'd rather not say. Um, <laughs> you but, can't tease <laughs> people like that. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's really not worth it mentioning. But um, in terms of the back end of the season, you'd hope that he is an option because I, I personally think fullback's probably one of the most important positions in a Mikel Arteta team. And you saw the different dimension he was able to provide from left back uh, in particular in pre-season so if you're able to add that to the mix when teams haven't really had a chance to prepare for it then it could be even more dangerous for Arsenal going into those games if <laughs> if they, they they make it to those stages of, of the Champions League which they really should be doing well quiet James what have you heard that you don't want to share with us <laughs> <laughs> well to be honest Conflicting things, you know, and, and that's that's why it gets tricky because, you know, there's some conflicting information out there and has been about Jurian Timber's timeline. I think that, you know, we can read something into him being selected in the squad. But I think, to be honest, they would have selected him in the squad even if, you know, he, it only gave him a chance for the final. I think that's how highly they rate him and how important Arteta thinks he can be to the way Arsenal play. I, I think we... Listen, my opinion is I think we will see him this season and I'm really looking forward to seeing him again because he was so fantastic in pre-season. I was so excited about the signing in the first place because I thought he was just such a natural fit for this team and what happened in pre-season really bore that out. So, yeah, look, I can't wait and I bet he can't wait either. You know, it's obviously been a really tough period for him and I think this isn't why they've done it, but what a boost it will be for him personally to see himself included in that squad and think, come on, I'm getting closer now. I've got a chance. He'll be absolutely chomping at the bit. Just on that as well, he's not kind of hidden away during his, I guess, ACL recovery. At the Crystal Palace game, I was in the mix zone. That was when I actually spoke to Raya for that piece. And then he came down the, the lift. So he's been in and around it. He's definitely someone who's felt involved, I think. But having that crystallised in being actually mentioned in a squad, I think would be a, a big boost for him personally. Quite. Before we go, uh, just a quick chat about William Saliba. We've got a stat courtesy of Harvey Downs. William Saliba has won 36 matches in his first 50 league starts for the Arsenal, more than any other player in the club's history. 
James, I mean, I think it was generally accepted it was probably mainly his error uh, against Liverpool uh, uh, at the weekend. And even that, to me, came from a good place because he was trying to play football, wasn't he? He didn't want to just boot it into the stands because he's not that guy. But he's been immense for us, hasn't he? And and, and obviously you were a huge advocate. You were giving us, you know, Saliba updates for like two years before he turned up at the club anyway. <laughs> so I know how much you love this player. But, uh, I mean, he's, he's surpassed expectations, hasn't he, really? Yeah. He's going to be a good defender when he grows up. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, it's true. Yeah, he's, he's remarkable, really. And, you know, it's funny. You see that error that he made against Liverpool and... You know, some of the commentary said, well, you know, that's what a 22-year-old centre-half might do from time to time. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's still only 22. And we so rarely say it about him. I just think he's got all the tools to go on. And he played against Virgil van Dijk, you know, the other day, and they actually both made mistakes. But I think he's got all the potential in the world to, to emulate what van Dijk's done and just very, very happy about him signing that contract last season. Let's have a song to finish. Oh, what you got? I'm going to go for Grind by Cochise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, just because it feels like, okay, get Liverpool out of the way. Very nice, very enjoyable. But now you actually have to start putting some wins together. James, what you got? Yeah, just was thinking about Martin Odegaard and his photography, so I went for Kodachrome by Paul Simon. Okay, and I went for Picture This by Blondie. And exactly the same theme. That's it for this edition of Handbrake Off. Thanks to Art de Roche, thanks to James McNicholas, and thanks to Jay, our producer. And um, enjoy yourselves Sunday, and we'll see you next week. Ta-da. Mm-hmm.